Someone You Should Know, a program about people you know, and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, hello again. Welcome to another edition of Someone You Should Know, and my someone you should know is Dr. Cooney Beasley. Good morning, Dr. Good morning, Stuart. I thank you so much for inviting me onto the show here. It's it's an absolute pleasure, and we are sponsored. Our show is sponsored by two of our mutual friends. Uh, number one is uh, Christine Dean, who is uh, a our marketing guru. Christine Dean at dfwnetworkingdiva.com. If uh, you have any anything you want to improve on your marketing, your website. Uh, your interaction with your customers to build your business, contact Christine. She offers free consultation. Just go to her website and sign up for a free consultation. No obligation. Talk to her. She may help increase your business double. So get in touch with her. And our other our other uh, uh, wonderful uh, sponsor uh, also is a friend of yours too, Irving Chung who is a, a, a franchise consultant at bigconsideration.com. Now, what Irving does is he knows absolutely everything there is to know about almost every franchise that's out there, from the mega franchises to the very, very small independent franchises. Even if you're working full-time, you could have a franchise that could make extra money in your pocket. Again, no obligation, free consultation. Get in touch with Irving Chung, franchise consultant at bigconsideration.com. Both great people. Uh, both do a lot of work with our veterans, and uh, we're very, very appreciative that they are sponsoring someone you should know. Uh, Cooney, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of research on you, and uh, I, I even said to you in an email that basically just the rough information that you sent me could probably cover about 10 shows because you've got a tremendous background. I want to start by you telling our audience exactly what, what your current business, Beasley College Prep, is all about. Well, we're in the college business, real college business. We're sitting here trying to get people, uh, students prepared, and packaged and uh, positioned for college success, primarily working on admissions and scholarships. You know, and and so you know, I guess the first question that pops up in my mind is: Is this uh, these programs that you offer available to anyone? Whether you come from an upper class family, middle class, lower middle class family, you come from money or you come from nothing, you have something you can offer these students. Yes, across the range. We go both up and down and sideways because we use uh, we work with uh, returning adults. We work with people going to med school, law school. Plus, we've worked with everybody from uh, NFL players helping their families and their kids get into college all the way down to we've worked projects with uh, Title I schools and gotten hundreds of kids eligible for college funding from Title I schools. So we've got the entire gamut here. We can help anybody who wants to go to college and willing to do the work. You know, right away, I hear my mother, bless her heart, uh, saying to me, 
Uh, wait a minute. It sounds too good to be true. But, but you know, I mean, you know, in talking with you, it, it, it isn't too good to be true. It is true. It's just a matter of, of finding out what is available, where the student is. If, he, if that student's a C-minus student right now, you have the programs available to get that student up to a level where they can take the entry-level tests for college and then also help them connect with the colleges of their choice. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people. And again, this is, you know, people say it's too good to be true. Well, uh, access to college education, college funding is there. A lot of people don't know how to access it. Um, vast majority of people have no idea what's available out there. But, you know, this is not a genie. You don't rub the bottle. There's, this requires that you do the right work. We tell our students is that you have to pay attention, follow instructions and do the work. And if you're willing to do the work and, if, and I, when I just say more than one, if you do the work, you're going to be able to achieve a lot more than, of course, you don't do the work. And I'm, I'm going to stick, you know, my, my greatest success story in here, and that's uh, Mrs. Beasley. When I met her, she was a high school dropout. And um, in 2015, she graduated with honors from Harvard University. And wait, so wait, say, say, say that again. <laughs> she, she was a high school dropout. When I met her, she was a high school dropout. OK, before we got married, she was a high school dropout. And then uh, 2015, after we got married, uh, many, many years after we got married, she graduated from Harvard University. Yes, that Harvard, Harvard that, University. That Harvard. Yeah. That Harvard that every other every other kid that's in high school only dreams, oh, I could never get into Harvard or any of the Ivy League schools. And you have, you have said outright, yes, you can. Oh, yeah. Yes, you But again, this is not just a, uh, you don't rub the genie, uh, rub the bottle. It's This is recording. My, my wife worked her butt off. Okay, she did, uh, you know, 12, 15, 18 hour days. She worked her butt off and did this, but it's all a function of doing the work. And uh, if you do the right work, the right way, by the right time, you're gonna be successful. That's that's universal across the board, college, business, everything. Do the right work the right way at the right time. Most people don't know what the right work is. That's the problem. Well, that's it. And also I think people have to understand what, what you said earlier about, you have to be willing to work your butt off for it. You have to have that desire to say, hey, listen, with a little bit of coaching and 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 a lot of desire, um, I can get into those those schools. Yeah, you can. And you know, and, and my wife did it kind of, we called it a dog leg. She dog legged into Harvard. She transferred from junior college and uh, got a full scholarship, by the way. And so what? uh yeah, got a full scholarship her first semester. Now I can go into all kinds of details in that. That's going to take forever. So if somebody wants to discuss that, I can, I, you know, we can talk about it. But uh, there's there's a lot of nuances that are in there that most people don't know. Most people don't know. Most high school counselors don't know. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people out there who call themselves college something, uh, they don't know either. Uh, I've been I've been in this business well over 40 years. And, um, and, I, and it takes a long time to develop and understand this business, like, much like going into medicine or science or something like that. Uh, I've been doing this uh, for you know, well, well over 40 years. Well, right, right from the onset of the show, I want people to know BeasleyCollegePrep.com is the website. Uh, please go there, maybe listen to Dr. Beasley during the show here. And afterwards, jot that down. It's on the screen right now because you may want to drop in and see the kind of programs that, that he offers. And also, while the majority of our, our live viewers and listeners are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 
the services that you offer are are nationwide. I mean, well, wherever you're even, watching and listening to to us from, you've yeah, got even farther people. than that. Internationally, yeah. Well, we had uh, one of the things that I usually pop up when I do a presentation is a letter from Louisiana State University to a student from Baku, Azerbaijan, which is on the shores of the Caspian Sea. Right. We work with students from Namibia, Nepal, Korea, New Zealand, all over the world uh, who want to get in. Who a lot of them are Americans who are expat, expats, and they don't know uh, they don't have the access to resources, so they contact us, and we can help them uh, across the ocean to get into colleges in the United States. So you know, one of one of the things is I'm I'm sitting and I'm I'm sitting here and thinking as a grandfather or a father <laughs> father of a of a student would. Uh, okay, you know that's nice. You mentioned Harvard and all, but I could never I could never afford to send a child to Harvard or Yale or Colgate or any of the Ivy League schools. But you say with the right work and preparation, yeah, you can. Well, Harvard does have some of the best financial aid uh, in the country. Uh, if you get admitted to Harvard and many of the top tier Ivy League schools, um, if you're in, they will find a way to help you pay for it. In fact, in, at Harvard, if you're adjusted gross income, I think it's 65,000. If it's below 65,000, you don't pay for anything. I mean, they cover tuition fees, room and board. I think it's 130,000 they cut off for uh, uh, tuition. Most of your high end high top tier colleges have significant financial aid that most people can qualify for. Uh, University of Chicago, if one of your parents is a first responder, fireman, policeman, something like that, and you get admitted, you go for free. All right, well, so there's a lot of places out there that, that offer these, these, these uh, opportunities. The key phrase is, if you get admitted, Mm -hmm. So what is your advice to those parents and students and all to prepare themselves so that they can get admitted? Okay. Well, the colleges are going, depending on what you're looking at, because not all of my students go to top tier colleges. In fact, a lot of them, we target to regional colleges based on what they want to do. You know, for example, if you want to go pre-med, we don't recommend going to a top tier college. We recommend going to a uh, college that has a, has a history of, of ascension to, to medical schools. And that's generally going to be your regional colleges. But in, in the case that you're looking at people, uh, first thing colleges are going to look at are metrics. Those are your numbers. That's uh, GPA, test scores, uh, class rank, and, and things like that. Those are your metrics. Now, 80 to 85% of the colleges in the country, they're going to admit you and even scholarship you on metrics alone. Okay, just the numbers alone. University of Alabama is like that. If you meet their criteria of GPA and test score, they're going to give you their top scholarship. I have a student going to Alabama uh, this year who got their top scholarships on metrics alone. Okay, now the next thing you're looking at are optics. Okay, what are you bringing to the college? Now, you may not have the top metrics, but if you bring something to the college that they see as a value, if you're an athlete. Okay, athletes, that's, an, that's optics. Or if you're a great singer, you have great talent or you look good, you're, you've got leadership, things like that. Those are optics. How do you look? So we want to package a student to look their best, to bring out those, those uh, uh, characteristics and qualities that the colleges may be looking for, okay? Then you have symmetry, okay? With symmetry, the two types of symmetry. First type of symmetry is uh, do you fit the mold of the type of person who goes to that college? You know, For example, the symmetry for West Point is going to be a lot different than the symmetry for the Savannah College of Arts. So they're looking for somebody who's going to fit this particular mold, okay? Well-rounded according to their criteria, okay? But most colleges, not just well-rounded students, they want a well-rounded student body. So 
you need to look at colleges that are looking to fill essentially their diversity quotient to make sure that they have uh, an appropriately diverse um, uh, student body. Then finally, you, you, you have what's called legacy. Legacy is two ways. Legacy from the top is, you know, did mom and dad go to this particular college uh, or grandpa or did grandpa build a wing on the science building? Uh, that helps a lot. I mean, Barack Obama, he, his daughter was legacy to Harvard. Okay. And there's legacy coming up. What kind of person are they going to invest in that's going to make their college famous? Harvard is very big at this saying, we're not looking for good students. We're looking for good alumni. Same thing with West Point Naval Academy. They're looking for good alumni. What kind of virtue is this person going to bring to our institution? So as you look at those uh, four areas of, of criteria, we want to be able to package the student to meet the criteria of the, of the range of colleges they're looking for. And is it fair to say that the, the average parent uh, does just does not have the ability or the wherewithal in order to put together this package? That's why they need somebody like Dr. Cooney Beasley. Well, well it's again, uh, a lot of people think they can do it on their own. Uh, I say, well, I, you know, I guess you can take out your appendix by yourself uh, <laughs> because, you know, that's uh, first off, you have to understand the college education, the, the cost of your first kid going to college now is a single largest expense that a family is going to encumber. It now exceeds the cost of the family home in many cases. And so, I, I, you uh, know, when I read that, I was absolutely, I was blown away. It, it, it almost, it almost went past me and, and I realized, okay, yeah, you know, if you live in a nice home, just throw a number out there, $700,000. I mean, the cost of a good quality education at a first rate school could be more expensive than your home. And to piggyback on that, now, if you don't have a road to a scholarship to pay for college, not only have you got that mortgage payment on that expensive home, but now you've got student loan debt mm -hmm. for, for forever to pay for that, that the cost of that college. Yeah. Student loan debt is, is just, it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, we're looking at almost $2 trillion. Uh, let's put this in perspective. Okay. Currently, student loan debt in America exceeds all credit card debt. It exceeds all automobile loans. It exceeds the entire national debt of Canada and twice the national debt of Greece. Okay. And who's, you know, they're talking about, you know, canceling the loans. Who's going to pay for the loan cancellation? You know, I, I've got a... <laughs> It's the people who didn't go to college you're going to pay for that, and that's not yeah. right. Uh, and and I'm not I'm not big on taking taking out student loans because they do not amortize themselves. It, it, there is not one single study that says you go to expensive school and and pay all this money and take out all these loans that somehow down the road it's going to pay for itself. Not one single study proves it. In fact, there's dozens of studies that disprove it. And again, it but again, I, I talk to parents and they're willing to take out these huge loans. And they think that they still believe that there's this unicorn sitting at the end of the rainbow. And, uh, and one of the things I have to do for a couple of sessions with the families is I got to deprogram them and tell them there's no unicorns. The world is not flat. OK. And, and sometimes people don't want to give up those ideas. And it's difficult. Yeah, you can't you can't live your life on wishes like that, that all of a sudden there's going to be legislation that comes along that says, OK, all student loan debt is is uh, forgiven. It, what are you it, gonna do with the people who paid their loans off? Who are responsible? I mean, <laughs> where's the fairness? Right, right, exactly. And you know, this goes back to your to your childhood. Uh, 
you you didn't go to a, a typical public school for high school, did you? No. Uh, well, see, I went to I went to uh, school back in the '60s. We still had segregation. Uh, I'm not pure white. Okay, I'm part Japanese. I, when I was in school, there was a question whether I should go to the white school or the colored school because uh, you know we, we had segregation. Uh, yep. Uh, I, had, I faced a lot of racial discrimination as I grew up. And ultimately, my mother said, you know, enough of this. We're going to send you to a military school. We're going to send you to a private school. Because uh, And I got to attend the Marine Military Academy in Harlingen, Texas. Uh, and for the first time in my life, I had a level playing field. And uh, so and, and I, I got a scholarship. I got a scholarship from um, General Walter McElhaney of McElhaney Tabasco Sauce. Uh, he was uh, he was a brigadier general in the Marine Corps. And I was one of the first recipients of the McElhaney Scholarship. And every time I pick up a bottle of, of uh, Tabasco sauce, I go, thank you, Tabasco Mac, because it's his money that allowed me to have that opportunity. And, and I mean, you you just didn't take the, the normal path through high school, too. You, you graduated with honors. Yeah, I graduated uh, honors. I graduated early. I, I started college at 16. Uh, had 11 offers. Yeah, 16. I had... Well, one of the things I did is I doubled up because, again, it's getting back to doing the work. Was I smarter than everybody? No, I just did the work. And so I went to summer school. I took an extra course during the year so I could graduate early because I wanted to take the rest of that financial burden off my, my parents. I was going to graduate early, seek scholarships. I had a West Point nomination. The problem was I was too young. I couldn't go. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, but I did get a full scholarship uh, offer from several schools, and I, I ended up going to Texas Christian. Uh, essentially on a full scholarship. Um, and uh, But, you know, it, it's being able to get into a position where I could do the work. I mean, half my graduating class went to the Naval Academy. So I was not a stellar student in that group. I was, you know, in the middle of the pack. But in the middle of that pack, that pack was pretty far ahead. I'm blown away. You know, graduating high school at 16 and and with you got offers from from not one or two schools, but from several schools. Yeah, I, I had 11 full scholarship offers. Um, full scholarship offers? Yeah, full scholarship, 11 full scholarship offers. Um, plus, I got the Army ROTC scholarship, which essentially they told me, just pick your school. We'll pay for it. That's why I went to TCU. Um, so, it's it, you know, there was there was there's was plenty of opportunity there. Um, and, uh, you know, there's and quite frankly, there's actually more opportunity now than there was back then. Most people just don't know about it. Folks, <laughs> I, I know that you're probably, you know, your, your eyeballs are rolling around in the sockets right now, but it, it's true with the, with a little bit of application and a little bit of guidance from someone like Dr. Beasley. And all you can make you can make those dreams reality for your for your students. Uh, they just need to have the desire to apply themselves. And again, the the website is BeasleyCollegePrep.com. Uh, avail yourself of that that website. Uh, maybe maybe it's your your nieces and nephews. Uh, maybe you don't have children that are in 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 high school getting ready to go on to college and all. But even if you have neighbors, friends, associates. Uh, you know, at least have them look into this because, you know, you don't want to have to open up your checkbook and say, okay, let's see, what do you need? You need $10,000 for them to walk in the door for the first class. And oh, I ain't got it. And where am I going to get it? Go down and talk to your banker. No, you talk to Dr. Beasley because there may be opportunities. And these are opportunities that, that I know I never had. I went to a state college because my parents 
couldn't pay for it. And I don't think there were opportunities back then for these kinds of college prep programs. Uh, did you, when you went to TCU, is this what you studied at TCU? To, well, I, I, I studied criminal justice at TCU. Oh, um, so, that, so that's, that's college prep, isn't it? No, no. Wow. Uh, I, I was prepared to go to college and I went to, I, I essentially ended up with a criminal justice degree because I took such a mishmash of courses that they were the only department that was going to allow me to graduate on time. And uh, I was the first, that, that was the first year they offered the criminal justice degree. And I was the first person to get the criminal justice degree at TCU because my name started with a B. Oh, and so, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, and again, you know, one of the things I tell students is, you know, I have a criminal justice degree. I've never busted anybody. I've never, uh, uh, wrote parking ticket. There's my degree right there. It hangs on the wall proudly. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they get so wrapped around what they have to major in. Most companies don't, unless you're going to be in the STEM field or something like that, most companies really don't care what you got your degree in. In fact, uh, a, a major degree now that a lot of companies are looking for are people who are in English, philosophy, things like that, because these people can articulate and they need communicators. I, I remember seeing a, a statistic, and this goes back a couple of decades, and I think it's still true today, that uh, uh, only about 25% of the population is actually working in the field that they studied in college, other than mm -hmm. like doctors and, and, and lawyers and accountants uh, and all. But anybody who just you know went in and, and, and got a degree in, in psychology, they may not be working in that field, that only 25% of of the graduates are actually working today in the field that they studied in college. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my first doctorate is in Greek and Hebrew and nobody's asked me to be their rabbi. Uh, my second one is in urban and public administration. Nobody's asked me to be their mayor. So academically, I'm a failure. Uh, <laughs> but I did manage to go to college 22 years and pay for one semester. So I was good at one thing and that's what I can help other people to do. And so now after college, so if you went to college at 16, you, you graduated before you were legal. Well, legal drinking age back then was 18. Well, oh, it was 18. Okay, so, so you, so you made it under the wire. I was actually commissioned in the Army as a second lieutenant at 20. And uh, so uh, and the, the people who were going through the commissioning process didn't realize I was 20 until the last minute they had to get a waiver for me. And then I was commissioned. And then uh, uh, right after college, I, I took a year off, went to graduate school. Um, and then went into the army, uh, and uh, there's a picture of me over here. It's over here. Yeah, over here. Uh, that's a picture of me with my my uh, unit sign. Uh, at 23, I was the youngest uh, unit commander, combat unit commander in in Europe. Um, my first sergeant was older than my father. I uh, commanded a nuclear artillery unit, uh, 200 troops, and um, I, I had been shoved into command with two months on active duty. I was a very junior officer, but um, but I had to grow up real quick and. And uh, that, was an, that was a great experience. I would never trade that experience and my entire Army experience for anything. I mean, I would go back. If they would give me command of a unit again, I'd do it for a dollar a year. Uh, that was the most uh, one of the most exhilarating experiences I ever had. Uh, I, I think the phone just rang. It's the Army recruiters that are calling right now. Yes, yes. I'm, I mean, because I'm we do a lot of service academy. Uh, we have students in every one of the service academies right now. You know, and that's a, that's a very intricate packaging technique, but you know, but we know how to do it. And, and again, I told you half my class went to the Naval Academy, but we've got students at West Point, um, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, um, Merchant Marine Academy, academy people don't know about, Coast Guard Academy. And uh, I was I'm, I was talking with a student yesterday. He's talking about wanting to go into law enforcement. I said you may want to target Coast Guard because that's a law enforcement agency. And so 
And there's a lot of opportunity out there, particularly, uh, you know, again, if you've got the good metrics and are willing to get the good metrics um, and willing to do the work, you can get the rewards. It's going back to simply, you know, fundamentally doing the work and, and, and doing the right work the right way at the right time. And we've got all kinds of programs to do that. We have programs to help you raise your test scores, programs to help you study, to learn, to, to, to read, study, test, write better, faster, and easier. In fact, I was just discussing this morning with my wife on the learning program and how it was the impact of that learning program that got her through Harvard. I mean, she only made two Bs at Harvard and uh, graduated with honors. And, and she, you know, explained how she took my program and even made some improvements on it, on, on how to learn. And then of course, we're looking at how to write essays. Um, well, your essay to college is not uh, an essay in English class, it's a sales letter. And you've got to construct your sales letter to get people to want you to be there. Again, you know, you're marketing yourself to a college. So we've got the whole process here of getting people you know, into college, targeted at college. And a lot of times we find colleges that they've never heard of. We have a, we have a list of what we call our secret hidden colleges. That, for example, Webb Institute. Nobody's heard of Webb Institute. Webb Institute? Webb Institute. It's, it's on Long Island. I've and, never heard uh, of it either. It is arguably the most exclusive college in the country. They take about 28 students a year. How many? 28. 28? Yes. And if you get in, it's free. Huh. Yeah, it's free. And we and and a lot of people, I mean, they're you know, it's a very uh um very focused academic program. You're gonna double major in naval architecture and marine engineering. Uh and everybody in that industry, they know Webb Institute. And um, and it's on one of the old Rockefeller Foundation uh uh estates. And but again, people haven't heard of that. You know, when you when you begin to think of, you know, where should my kid go? Well, I mean, I, I we are able to say, you know. If you want to go pre-med, it's probably not the best idea to go to Texas A&M for pre-med. You may want to go to a smaller regional college where you're going to get more attention. Right. Okay? right. And then uh, people say, well, you know, it's important to get into med school. Well, it's really not. I ask them some pointed questions. In fact, I asked this question last night to someone. I said, uh, OK, you know, you think it's important to go to a high profile school. I mean, you have a doctor. I mean, really, Stuart, do you have a doctor? Do I have a doctor? doctor? Yeah, a family doctor. Yeah. OK. Do you know where he went to college? Nope. Did you pick him based on where he went to college? Nope. Okay. That's how important going to a particular school is for medic medical school. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have noticed when I've gone into doctor's office while I'm sitting waiting for the doctor to come into the exam room, there usually is a, a, a diploma up on the, up on the wall and you, 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 you see that, but again, you don't know any of the reasoning why they went to that school or, or, you know, did they go there on a scholarship? Do they go there because that was their particular field of study? Um, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, no one in my life ever asked me uh, uh, where I went to college and what I studied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, your, your pedigree, your college pedigree, that's good for cocktail parties. Ooh, ah. I mean, when, when, when my right. wife and I would go to Mixer and stuff and she would drop the H-bomb, as we would call it, you know, that she went to Harvard, the entire tenor of the conversation would change. But ultimately... Uh, it's not where you went to college after seven years. That's the, that's the, that's the, the, the um, uh, assessed length of time of where you went to college may have an impact on what you're going to do after seven years, they're going to look at your record. And um, so, you know, it's good if you want to go to those places and you can get in and we can get, get you funded. That's great. But on the other hand, uh, you're not where you go to college. That does not identify you. I mean, learning is learning. There's a lot of people who didn't go to Harvard, uh, Colin Powell, people like that, who 
who rose to very, I mean, uh, Condoleezza Rice, University of Denver, get, they rose to very high places. And plus you got all these people who didn't go to college, you know? Uh, so. Yeah, yeah uh, no, you, I, 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 I follow what you're saying because it isn't, it isn't the name of the college that you went to. It was how you applied yourself when you were there and what you did with that learning that you received from there. Uh, that's how you pick your doctors today is what is their, what are their credentials uh, now that they are a neurosurgeon or now that they are, you know, a, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a spe specified field in, 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 in medicine. It doesn't matter whether they did it at, at uh, Harvard or at another medical school. It's that what they, what they learned from that institution, they are now applying in practical terms. You know, and, and, and again, I, I think that what, what I want my audience to walk away from this program too, is that you don't have to have your child work their butts off just to try to get into the Ivy league schools or the large uh, uh, state schools, because by contacting Dr. Beasley, you could find out that there may be that, that, you know, medium sized school that's in Montana or so that is the right fit for your student. Uh, I know with my with my son when he went to college, it was like either going to a junior with it was called a junior college at that time uh, uh, for a couple of years, and then go into a state school. And at that time, you either went to a school that was two or three or five thousand students, or it jumped to thirty thousand students. That trying to find that school that was about fifteen thousand students that would you know, work for him because he wanted, you know, workable class size because mm -hmm. he was a, he was a decent student, but not, not, you know, a, 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 a brilliant student, but he was willing to apply himself. And so he went to St. Louis university, which was, you know, a commuter school, but still the on-campus uh, uh, students as well as the commuters was still only around 14, 15,000. Mm -hmm. And it really worked for him. Well, I, on the other hand, went to Indiana University. There were 25,000 students when I went. And I know in my freshman year, some of my classes were 50 or 60 students. And my last name was S. So you know where I was sitting mm -hmm. in the back of the, uh, uh, of the lecture hall. Uh, and it, it was very, very difficult. That, that's why I think the programs that you offer to people that want to get to college, you know, I'm sure that you have said to parents, look, I'm not going to suggest Harvard or Yale or whatever. I've got these three schools over here, which you probably have never heard of. And I okay. think they might be a, an ideal match for your, for your student. And the parents probably look at you and go, huh? That's right. I, I get the, and, uh, I, I, I got a little irony for you here, Stuart. Yeah, you went to Indiana University. Yeah, you know that's not the only Indiana University. No, there's one in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's one in Pennsylvania, and I spoke with a parent last night whose son got in to Indiana University of Pennsylvania on a scholarship, and it's one of my secret hidden schools, uh, yeah. IUP. And uh, again, I, who would think? And they also have California University of Pennsylvania too. But who would think? But then again, you've got these little schools, not so much little, but that, you know, nobody's heard of them because they don't go to the Final Four. They don't go to the Rose Bowl. OK, and they, ha they, they don't have the high profile. But if you go down and I, I was I'm doing an article right now on the ranking of colleges. And if you look at some of the rankings of the colleges, there's colleges in there that you've never heard of. Williams College in the top 10. 
Okay, people have never heard of that, but the academia people, they know where that is. But there's right. several colleges that are in there you may not have heard of, but the people in that business know. For example, medical colleges, people don't realize that you've got colleges like Rush in Chicago, you've got colleges like uh, like Jefferson. Uh, these are the top medical colleges, but you don't hear of them because they, those medical schools don't have teams that go to the Rose Bowl, okay? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's out there. I mean, we go back to, to Webb Institute. Um, and then if we're looking at medical colleges, uh, you know, a couple of years ago in the uh, U.S. News and World Report, there was page after page after page of advertising from St. George's Medical College in Grenada because they had the highest first time pass rate for the medical boards. OK, so, you know, and you would think, gosh, a, a college in the Caribbean. OK, but at the same time, a significant portion of the people taking the medical boards in the United States now didn't even go to college in the United States. They went to college in England, India, Pakistan. I mean, my primary care physician is from Pakistan. He doesn't even have an MD. He has an MBBA, which is a British system medical degree. Okay. Now they allow them to use MD in the United States, but, uh, but uh, you know, a lot of times that, you know, people have to understand that there's this big undertow. There's a lot of stuff underneath the, the tip of the iceberg to understand the education uh, industry. And if, uh, and most people don't know, I mean, so I'm going to say 60% of the people out there who call them college blank. Okay. They're either trying to sell insurance or they're just going to get you set up for loans and stuff. They, they really don't know. But we're looking at, you know, like, for example, and I, and I need to bring this up right now because you've got a lot of these colleges that are, quote, unquote, test optional. OK, um, we have a rule. Optional doesn't mean optional. OK, now and and, and you can look at this. Up. In fact, I, I would I would send you to the University of Kentucky scholarship uh, page. You know, you can just Google that University of Kentucky scholarship. There are two standards. There are standards with the, the test and their standards without the test. If you want to get the scholarship, you have to have a perfect 4.0. If you have a 3.5 and a 31 ACT, then you're qualified for the full scholarship. So even though you know they're saying uh, test optional, there are two criteria. The colleges are doing what I call a GRIT score, G-R-I-T, a GRIT score. When the student applies and says, okay, when I'm not sending in my, my test scores, well, if they're a good student, the smart college will go in and say, okay, you, you've got a code from your high school. We're going to check how many people took the test from your high school. OK, and if there's a lot of people from your high school who took the test and you didn't submit a test score, they're going to conclude very possibly. Number one, you blew the test off thinking, you know, I can get on on, on just, you know, uh, momentum alone. Or number two, your score was really low and you didn't want to report it. So of those things that, you know, and people don't realize that colleges are making decisions like that. So we tell them, take the test and say, well, you know, it's test optional. Therefore, you know, because what's happened to those, a, lot of, a lot of those colleges is because it was test optional. You had all these other people that began to apply who normally would not have been qualified, but they're going in on a wing and a prayer thinking that somehow test optional means the criteria is being lowered. No, it's not. Those same colleges are now bragging record low admissions rate because your, your top tier colleges, the low admission rate is, is a, you know, is real, real good cocktail party criteria by saying, you know, we're more elite because we accept fewer number of students. Well, that's because so many people applied on wing and prayer. So we tell them you got to take you're going to have to take your your your, uh, your your college boards. And, you know, that's one of the things we've got to break people out of this this uh, complacency. And we have students that are we start testing them early. We, we talk we say when you're doing SAT and ACT testing, start early, test often. And um, most of our students will have, will have taken the test six to eight times. And people say, oh, you shouldn't be. Well, you know what? I, I don't want to sound you know, really bad about this, but 
I'm going to put my stats against anybody else's on this is that, you know, we've been doing this for years and years and years and years. I started this particular business 30 years ago. And, uh, you know, we've been very successful in helping students pursue those things that heretofore, before they came to us, they didn't realize were available to them. I remember talking with one parent and a student ended up going to Berkeley and says, we didn't know that these things existed. I says, well, you know, they exist, but most people don't know. And, and, and it's just like, you know, surgery. Most people don't know what goes on in surgery. But you could, you know, quite frankly, you can Google appendix and there's a video of a Russian guy who took out his own appendix in Antarctica. I mean, it does exist. You can do it. But we do not suggest that, you know, you try to do right. this, yourself, particularly because you're talking three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. And if you've got three kids, you're talking a million dollars in college. When 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 a, a, a parent calls you and, and, and just says to you, uh, my kid is maybe a C student. Is he ready to go to college? Uh, you know, what does he need to do to better his chances of getting into a college, not even a, a name, a name brand? Well, what we do is we have to look at, we have to develop a strategy. Okay. There's four major strategies we work on is one is getting into uh, a competitive college. If they're, if they are competitive or willing to become competitive, because this takes time. We, you know, if a senior comes into me December of senior year and says, I want to go to Harvard, you're not going. Okay. I don't care how good you are. Okay. Uh, but if you, if you're, we have enough time, we need a minimum, you know, the best time I can get them is, is uh, maybe spring of their sophomore year. That's optimal. But sophomore year, yeah, okay. sophomore year, because I like to get them before then. I mean, we just had an eighth grader score 1380 on her SAT because we've been having her an SAT prep for two years. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, we're, we, we have to develop what we call trajectory. OK, are okay. we going to go to a competitive college? Are we going to go to, you know, a regular regional or state college, conventional college? Are we going to go to a community college? Are we going to go to a creative college, something that has things online and stuff? What are we going to do? What's the mix in here? Now, if somebody comes to us and they're a C student, then we're generally going to point them towards community college. Now, when they go to community college, we're going to teach them how to get that GPA up. Now, if you've got a 3.5 in, in community college, you're going to qualify for Phi Theta Kappa, which is the Junior College Honor Society. When you get the Junior College Honor Society, colleges offer huge scholarships for transfer students. That's how my wife got a scholarship to Harvard. Harvard offers uh, a scholarship to people who are Phi Theta Kappa transferring from community college. So she went from community college to Harvard on the Phi Theta Kappa scholarship. Uh, my daughter uh, went to community college. Um, I mean, she 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 didn't do well on, on the test and wasn't going to put the work into it. So she goes to community college and she makes a 3.8 her first uh, year at community college, transfers to Texas Tech on the presidential scholarship. So, you know, it's not where you start. I mean, when I look at my wife's Harvard diploma, there's no asterisk at the bottom that says attended Collin County Community College for two years. It says mm -hmm. Harvard University. It's where you finish. So, you know, there are different strategies. So if you've got the C student, then there's a way that we're going to be able to elevate that C student to be able to on ramp, you know, after a year or two of community college. But if you've got uh, uh, a brass ring student, you know, one of the problems that we have is, is that we encounter brass ring students, students who have uh, all of what it takes, all the characteristics, but nobody knows how to handle them. How do you handle a brass ring student? Can I give you a little war story here? Um, we had a student in Baton Rouge and uh, and been working on him. And, his, and at the end of his junior year, he finally got his 32 uh, ACT score. That's what we were shooting. In. And he was a homeschooler. OK, now okay. at that time, Louisiana Tech, if you had a 32 and a 3.0, you got the full ride. I mean, tuition fee, room and board. 
So he hits his 32, and at that time you could release scores. And so his phone started ringing off the hook. One college called up his mom and says, okay, how far down on the list are we? And what do we need to do to move up? Now, this is a homeschooler, okay? And so, uh, but I told him he gets a scholarship. I'm going to give him an, uh, an iPad. So I flew out to Baton Rouge. There was this party celebrating the fact he got the, all these scholarship offers. And somebody took me back to one of these, one of the rooms, and there was a girl crying. And I said, what are you crying for? And she says, well, I made a same score and nobody's offering me anything. And she was going to a, you know, a private school. And the th problem was, is the people at this school, they didn't know how to handle somebody like that. They don't know how to handle a brass ring student because the people there, they weren't brass ring students. They're still paying off their college loans. So, you know, it's, it's being able to understand that if you have somebody who is, is of that caliber, uh, they, somebody has to be able to, to show you what to do with them. It's just like when you got a prize race horse, you got to get them trained properly, got to get them in the right races. You, you, you've got to take, you know, those brass ring kids and be able to find out what the opportunities are because most people don't know. I mean, the kid who went to, to, to Web, Web Institute, um, he got $1.7 million in scholarship offers across the board. Okay. He was going to community college because mom didn't know what to do with him. And I said, tell you what, okay, if we don't get him at least $800,000 in scholarships, I will give you your money back because he was easily placeable. And we had $800,000 in four weeks. Okay. And so, and then she was just, she, she actually made a video with us. She was just, she couldn't believe we have a picture of him with 16 full scholarship offers, 16 different universities, because nobody knew how to package him. So we packaged him and he's at Web Institute and was one of their featured students on their website. That was a school you said that has 28 students. That's right. 28 students. You actually interview with the president. That's I'm, I'm, I'm almost speechless and I'm, and I'm in the broadcasting business, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it just, you said at the onset of the show, you know, and, and, and I will reiterate it is that, that at the high school level, you have high school counselors that, that have their own degrees and how to be a high school counselor, but they may not be prepared to, to point their students in the right direction to find these avenues that are available to them. Uh, and it's, it's almost like, like you said, you're just destined for that community college. I, I am a proponent of the community colleges for, mm -hmm. for that associate degree from the standpoint that in most major colleges, your first couple of years are generic classes. Anyway, mm -hmm. you're going to be taking many of the same things. So you can you can do it at a community college level instead of sitting in Harvard taking that same psychology class. Uh, so it's a matter of as you you use the word packaging very very often, and mm -hmm. I think that's one of the key things that that this audience needs to understand is by going uh, to to Doctor Beasley or starting at the website to to see what he can do and then get a consultation and say you know what. I need a package. I need, I need, I want to really package my student and my student wants that direction that that's probably a good starting point. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, we offer a free initial consult and we'll, you know, cause we have to tell them this, these are your opportunities. These are the things that, that we can help you do. And if you want us to help you, this is what we can do. And that, that's how we do that. We, you know, again, most people are being, are not uh, pursuing the opportunities that are available because they don't know they are there. You know, 
We've covered an awful lot in in, in, mm-hmm. in, in 45 minutes. And I'll, uh, <clears throat> Cooney, I want to ask you something. What 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 are is a bit of advice or so that you would leave these listeners li- listeners with before we sign off from this show? Well, uh, first thing you need to do is is the most single important thing is you got to be willing to do the work, the right work, the right way at the right time. And if you're going to start college prep, you start now. Anybody that says, well, we'll get around to it, are never going to get around to it. Those are the people who are going to accumulate the huge debts. Okay. So my thing is, is you got to start early and test often, pay attention, follow instructions and do the work. Call me. (laughs) You know, know, and in our day, I mean, you just started really thinking about colleges about midway through your junior year, but Mm -hmm. you, you said earlier, sophomore year is the time to start prepping for, for college. We start them in the sixth grade. The the girl that had a 1380, we started her in the sixth grade because we, we just kept training her. Now she's probably going to be on the path to, na- to becoming a national merit scholar, become a national merit scholar, the heavens open up, okay? The, the, a lot of schools will offer you full rides being a national merit scholar. Um, but again, uh, her family said, we're gonna start early. We're gonna get all the things done that we need to get done. So the same time she's been teed up to get the congressional award. So, you know, so she's going to get a letter of endorsement from her congressman to go to college. We've had homeschoolers uh, who did the congressional award. Who It was the congressman's letter that got them into like Cornell or some of these Ivy League schools because, uh, uh, you, you know, you're, you're just being able to get those get those optics in there where a congressman's letter is very powerful. OK, so there's just ways of, of you know. Uh, of being able to show the best light of the student and get the student prepared to take advantage of the opportunities. BeasleyCollegePrep.com is the place, is the site to go visit. And I think it's safe to say that you're better off sending your student to college on somebody else's money than on your own hard-earned money. There are ways to do it. Dr. Cooney Beasley has those answers. Cooney, thank you very, very much for taking the time to be with me and with the audience and sharing your expertise. Uh, folks, you got a question. That's the man to, to contact. You take you take care, Cooney. Thank you thank, very, thank you, very sir. much. I appreciate it. And I salute you for all that you have done for an awful lot of young people. It must come back to gratify you when they graduate with honors and come back and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. So yes. I thank you for that also. And that'll do it for another edition of Someone You Should Know. As I always say, go out and make it a good day and be yourself because everyone else is taken. (laughs) Take care. Thanks again, Cooney. Bye-bye.